0: Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome back to Murder and Mimosas. I'm Danica.
1: And I'm Shannon.
0: We have another local event happening. Shannon, you want to tell us about it
1: again? This is on January 26th at 6:30 at the Pizzeria. We will be having another Murder and Mimosas True Crime Trivia, and we will be your host. So come on out and
0: see how much you know about your true crime knowledge with your friends or your foes. (laughs) And be sure to check out the Murder and Mimosas Facebook page for a few hints to
1: a few upcoming questions. You won't want to miss them. Oh, I forgot to mention this is in Little Rock. I should mention that besides just the pizzeria.
0: Yeah, the pizzeria in Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> not just any pizzeria that you find. We are not able to be in all those places at once, but you can find the details on our Facebook. <laughs> all right, let's get into today's case. I feel like with cases we research, we tend to see that horrible childhood leads to violent cycles. Today's case is not an exception, but it is different at the same time. Let's talk about Jason Vukovich, and let's start specifically with his childhood. Jason was born in Anchorage, Alaska, on June 25th, 1975. His father would be the first Alaska president of the Hell's Angels. His mother was a missionary with a large church in Alaska that I will preface by saying Jason later says is very much a cult. His father was in his life until about three years old, and that's when his father put his son up for adoption. He was adopted by his stepfather, Larry Lee Fulton.
1: That is already a rough childhood, but I'm guessing from your comment earlier that it gets worse.
0: Yes. Jason's stepdad was a monster. From about three to four years old until Jason ran away at 16... Larry Lee Fulton not only physically abused Jason, but also sexually abused him as well. In One interview, Jason talks about his stepdad beating him with a two-by-four. His stepdad would also use very late, quote, prayer sessions as a cover to molest Jason. Jason had a brother, Joel, who was his older brother, who also endured this abuse, and very much backs up the things that Jason says. Jason talked about how both his mother and stepdad were very religious and had the kids in church services multiple times a week. He spoke about how psychologically this really messed him up, especially towards religion. In 1989, Larry Lee Fulton was charged with second-degree abuse of a minor.
1: Finally, these boys get some reprieve. (laughs) That's <laughs> funny. That's a good one. He served zero prison time, and oh nobody came
0: to check on the boys after the fact. No one from the state came to see if they were okay with the man who abused minors as they were minors still in his home. They were still left with their abuser. The abuse continued for two more years before Jason and Joel made the decision to run away from home. More importantly, Went away from the abuse that they suffered for over a decade. The two of them moved to Washington State, but the issue was that Jason, within their age, had no type of ID, and essentially no recourse for how to get a legal job. Faced with this dilemma, Jason turned to a life of petty thefts to get by and survive, essentially. As you can imagine, because of this, he became no stranger to the police, As he developed a rap sheet, it was not contained to just Washington, though it spanned Oregon, Idaho, California, and Montana. And about 17 years after initially running away, he made his way back home to his home state of Alaska. There, he still continued to add to his rap sheet.
1: I by no means condone his crimes, but I will say I can understand how he ended up in this situation. It's pretty common, even though it's sad.
0: When looking into this, I thought the same thing, but once he added his rap sheet in his home state, he was in his 30s. That is far overdue for getting it together to me. But I also have to remember that he came from a home that was very, very messed up. Things continue to escalate in 2016 when Jason decides to go looking through the sex offender registry of Alaska while using this essentially as his hunting ground. The first on Jason's list was Charles Albee, who in 2003 was convicted of seco- second-degree sexual abuse of a minor. Jason was able to fill his notebook with the address of Charles. In the morning of tw- June 24th of 2016, Jason knocked on Charles' door and pushed his way in. Jason shoved Charles onto a bed, and he warned them that he knows what Charles has done. As he slapped Charles multiple times across the face, he let him know exactly how Jason found his address. Jason then robbed Charles and left his home. It would only take two days before Jason would decide on his next victim, Andreas Barbosa. He was also on the sex offender registry as he was convicted for possession of child pornography. When Jason went to Andre's home, he showed up at four in the morning and brought two females with him this time. One of those women apparently recorded Jason pushing his way into Andre's home and threatening him with a hammer. To be sure, Andre's knew Jason was playing around. Jason also punched him in the face.
1: I would probably think Jason was pretty serious about hitting me with a hammer if he just punched me square in the face.
0: Yeah, I would think so, too. Jason and the two women robbed Andres, just like he had done with Charles, and they also took his truck. Jason, of course, used the registry to pick his next victim, which was Will- Wesley Dermarest. Wesley had been convicted of attempted sexual abuse of a minor. The victim, though, did not bow to Jason's demands like the others had, which meant that Jason upped the ante with the violence. When Leslie defied Jason, he was met with a hit of the hammer the face from Jason. When hitting him, Jason said, quote, I'm an avenging angel. I'm going to meet out justice for the people you hurt. End quote. The difference in this home was that it was actually a bed and breakfast that Wesley owned and also lived in. He had a couple staying in the home. It's thought that the couple may have called the police before Jason ever left the house. Just like the two previous victims, Wesley was robbed by Jason and when Wesley woke up from a brutal hit from the hammer, he was undoubtedly covered in his own blood. He, though, then quickly called the police to report the assault. Much to Jason's dismay, he was caught fairly soon after the report was put in, which is part of the reason it is suspected that the couple may have also made a call. He was found sitting still near the scene in his Honda Civic, as if his vicinity wasn't suspicious enough. The fact that he had the hammer used on Wesley, the items stolen from all three men, and worst of all, a notebook that contained the names and addresses of all three of the men he had robbed and assaulted.
1: This is pretty condemning for Jason.
0: It was bad enough that they arrested Jason then and there. However, According to an interview with Jason, he claimed that some of the cops had patted him on the back and praised what Jason had done. At first, Jason chose to plead not guilty to the 18 counts he was charged with. However, Jason knew, I'm sure, that things would not add up well for him. Jason actually wrote in via the newspaper to the prosecutor with the deal he felt was equitable, equitable to the crimes he had committed. Oh,
2: we the forgiven for breaking the law or let off the hook and to that end um, i wrote them an offer through the newspaper to the prosecutor's office and i told them i will plead guilty to any combination of charges you wish anything you want with the following caveat my sentence is to equal in length with each pedophile served in prison for harming a child so the guy that raped his own daughter received two years in change. I'll serve his two years in change. The guy that was convicted of molesting his 10-month-old granddaughter got three years in prison. I'll serve his three years. So now we're at five years, five and a half years. The child pornographer did two years or did a year and a program or something. So I'll do his, and I told them, I'll even serve the three years in prison that you suspended for the monster that made me. So I'll do nine years, six months, run that. Right now I'll sign. I'll plead to whatever you want. And of course, they summarily laughed that offer out of the courtroom and said, this is not how we conduct business in the state of Alaska. We want to send a message. So ultimately, they sent me to three times longer than all of the pedophiles combined served for assaulting children. So
0: So I personally think that the offer he threw in the ring was pretty fair.
1: I do too, but I get that you can't not be allowed to pick your deal. But honestly, yeah, I I think it was more than fair.
0: Yeah, despite his offer being shot down, Jason still pled guilty to first-degree attempted assault and first-degree robbery. He ended up with a 28-year sentence with five years suspended and five years of probation, which means he'll still serve 18 years max in prison. Before being sentenced, Jason wrote another letter to the local newspaper. And it said, quote, I thought back to my experiences as a child. I took matters into my own hands and assaulted three pedophiles. If you have already lost your youth like me due to a child abuser, please do not throw away your present and your future by committing acts of violence. End quote. Now, keep in mind, he wrote that before being sentenced and after pleading guilty. So I think a little bit of that may have been for that. But he does talk about it even later in these interviews after he's already been sentenced that he doesn't feel like that's the right course of action. Of course, Jason appealed his charges due to his PTSD diagnosis. However, that appeal was denied in October of 2020. Of all his victims, Wesley is the only one who's really spoken out. That may be because he sustained a traumatic brain injury from the blow that Jason gave him with a hammer. He's quite happy that Jason was sentenced and hopes it will be served in its entirety. Jason's attorney, Amber Tilton, says there are many who support Jason and feel he should be released. Tilton is part of that group who backs Jason. One thing in Jason's interview that he said that really stuck out to me was that you never really want to be the first charged with a crime in a state. You then essentially become the martyr and they will throw the book at you to prove a point. Jason makes it clear in his interview he does highly propose against vigilante justice that he decided to seek. Per Jason, quote, I began my life sentence many, many years ago. It was handed down to me by an ignorant, hateful, poor substitute for a father. I now face losing most of the rest of my life due to a decision to lash out at people like him. To all those who have suffered, like I have, love yourself and those around you. This is truly the only way forward. End quote. Jason suggests doing something for the children who've been hurt, as it makes as big of or even bigger difference for those kids as knocking down the door and assaulting their abuser. Though so personally, I kinda like Jason's way better.
1: I agree. I'm kind of proud of him. I wish he had got two more before he was caught. And it's sad that he got a much worse sentence than... All of, all of them combined. That's just crazy. I mean,
0: that to me, I didn't play the rest of the clip from him because there's a lot of foul language, but it was essentially him talking about message that Alaska wanted to send and he said that in his eyes he got their message loud and clear and it was that we're going to protect the pedophiles and
1: not the people going after the pedophiles. I agree and and I get what he's saying that he lost his youth and honestly I mean how do you even come back from that he didn't have anybody there to help him get on the right track and And what really hurts for
0: me, like hurts my heart for him, is this was all done under a ruse of religion. So it's not like he even had that he talked about in one of his interviews. This they called it a church, and he never named the church, but it was apparently really a cult that happened in Alaska. That one of the sermons that he went to was a sermon. Telling these parents how to best beat your children without leaving Mark.
1: So do you know if his stepdad was dead when he started on this pedophile list? Because I would think that would be the first place he goes to.
0: I don't know if his stepdad was still alive. Uh, I know he went back at one point to see his mother. So I assume at that point his stepfather would be dead. Otherwise, I think he'd beat the brakes off him. But I think that maybe he went looking for him on the registry. He never
2: really
1: says why he ended up on the registry, why he went looking. Well, that was my first thought, looking to see where he was on the registry. But okay. Or it may be the fact
0: that he does have a daughter, and maybe he was looking for that reason. Yeah. But I can't. I could never find, and nobody ever asked in any of the interviews with him, why he was on the registry to begin with, why he was looking there.
1: Um, but well, to me, that just made sense. You're going after what took your youth, what took your life. Oh, yeah, it's and, very clear that. But I just wondered why his stepdad wasn't the first, or he didn't, he knocked down, but he may not have been alive. Yeah, well, and also, I think these were
0: surrogates were maybe because i think if you would personally if it was me and i went after my stepdad after that i'd have killed him yeah and he didn't kill any of them he which is even crazier to me that he got so much time and he killed no one
1: yeah
0: there are people who kill people and get that much time that's true like this whole thing is just so backwards to me but i found this avenger he's often referred to as the alaskan avenger and it was just a really interesting case that, um, you know, we see childhoods of violence breed more violence. And in this case, it did, but in a little bit of like a Dexter kind of way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. OK,
2: so it's Dexter.
0: All now. Yeah. So this is the case where we see violence, but we see violence back on those who are already not good people. Um, and. He talks about in his sentences that, you know, we knew that one was for child pornography, the other one was for raping their daughter, and the other was for molesting
1: their 10-month-old yeah. grandbaby. That's um, all sick, but I don't even know how you can do that.
0: But, you know, they, this isn't – because one thing I worry about sometimes with the registry is you can end up on the registry for being drunk and being in public because you're exposing yourself. That's true. And, you know, I don't think they deserve to get beat. But these ones, the three he came after, uh,
1: they kind of have that coming. Yeah. I mean, but I think it does state it on there what happened in the registry. So you might could skip some if. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it states what happened. I don't know it states their conviction.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if it's,
0: but it should be public record.
1: Yeah. That's true. So,
0: anyway, really interesting case. A little bit different. Um, So there's our our vigilante of 2023. We always recommend more bubbly. And less OJ. Cheers! Cheers. If you'd like to see pictures from today's episode, you can find us at murder.mimosas on Instagram. You can also find us at Mimosas on TikTok, Twitter, And if you have a case you would like us to do, you can send that to murder.mimosas at gmail.com. And lastly, we are on Facebook at Murder and Mimosas Podcast, where you can interact with us there. We love any type of feedback you can give us, so please rate and review us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you.